It's flying straight for us. Is it a hawk? Is it going to attack? Are the gods an owl? Golden owl. <laughs> for the dead branch, eh? How do you know that? He told me. Told you? His name is Bubo. Do you understand all those clicks and wheezes? Perfectly clear to me. It's another gift from the gods. Like the sword in a helmet. He can lead us to the shrine. listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. The following podcast contains adult language, adult situations, and spoilers for the movies discussed occur often. You've been warned. Now, take it away, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! John Cena's favorite podcast, where Meyer Zarchi approved, the director of I Spit on Your Grave approved, or at least his son, anyway. It is They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, and it is episode 279. I'm your host, Lee, partial to tragedy in my youth, Russell, <laughs> and, and you hear laughing at me, as she usually does. Uh, I'm joined by my co-hosts with the mostest, Lee, her blood is a deadly venom hardy. How are you doing? You bet your ass is a deadly venom. Mm-hmm. Bloody venom. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> good. Good to be back. It's been a little it's while. It's been since... so long. Mm. <laughs> I always thought it was funny because we plan it and then it's like, oh shit, no, this is happening. Oh no, this is happening. Oh, I'm sorry, this is happening. So it's you... great. We're back. You had like so many surprise parties in the last like couple weeks that. There were surprises to me because I forgot about them. Um, <laughs> I also had like, I was covering for people at work too. Mm-hmm. So that helped. <laughs> Except the one time where I changed my whole weekend and then they're like, no, you're good. We don't need you. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, that's, that's really good. 
but yeah, we're back. We're doing um, Clash of the Titans. Uh, I forget. I don't think I wrote down the name of the actor that that I picked from uh, Muppet Treasure Island. He, he's, he has like a nothing part in this anyway. It's like he's, he's, a, sol- he's a soldier guy, isn't he? He's a hunter or something like that, a trapper or a hunter or something like that. He's very far down the cast list. He's one of the bad guys that hangs out with Calabos, like Calabos's second in command or whatever. Yeah, I mean, if you listen to the previous episode, you'll have the name because that's what I said it. But uh, he was I, um, he was the pirate that was like mm-hmm. had one word. <laughs> yeah, he had he had more more of uh, more lines in Muppet Treasure Island than he had in this movie, I think. So uh, you know. I, I was looking for him, and I think uh, I may have gotten distracted and mm-hmm. missed him. He was he was the he was the thug of Calabos that wasn't a little person. He he was the tall guy with the black hair. Was it and, Danny Blackner? No, it was not him. Uh, I don't think so. No, I'm just looking at the cast. From yeah, look, look, look for look. Oh, <laughs> oh. no! You should look at the at the uh, cast for. Uh, clash of the titans that's what you should look for that'd be easier but um, that would be easier i thought it would be quick on this one but it's not yeah it's fine professional Uh, we have we make no mistakes we know we know what we're doing you know what we're doing i do have some comments to get to okay well you do that i will look for this okay uh so (laughs) so we so we had a we had a comment on our facebook page they must be destroyed on site on Facebook, best way to get in touch with us if you want to join that group. Uh, this is from Jeremy Kalina, and he says, Mupp- uh, on our Muppet Treasure Island movie, uh, he says, I have a weird relationship with this movie. I was 16 at the time and really wanted to see it. I asked some buddies, and they roasted me for wanting to see it because it is kid stuff. It was one of those weird moments when you have to decide whether you're going to be yourself, be weird, or if you're just going to c- conform. Thankfully, I chose to be a weirdo. Well, there you go. Good for you, I man. appreciate that. Yeah. I very much appreciate that. You made the right choice. Yeah, good for you. We have two comments on YouTube. On our what? yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. I, I guess it's basically just because you know I don't I don't post episodes to YouTube anymore, so we've, we've probably been like pretty much scrubbed from the algorithm now. It's you know it's just not something that shows up for anybody unless they're actually well, looking for the movie. It obviously showed up for somebody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like it it showed up for people who, you know, the typical comment we always get on YouTube. Why is this not the movie? Um, Yeah. Even though it says it right at the beginning. Yeah. So on our bad day at BlackRock episode, Solomon Fisher, 1821 says not the movie. And then Arthur Crumb, (laughs) 1712 Says bad, says on the bad day at BlackRock episode, I want to watch the movie. I do not want to hear rhetorical annoying talk or comments spoiling the audio of the movie, especially reviews that idiots are making while showing the film. I don't think he realized <laughs> that we, we weren't showing the film. I, I don't. I think he double fucked up there. Like some people just expect the movie. He expected the movie and he thought he was getting the movie but he was getting a commentary over it or something we didn't like, even show the film no uh, <laughs> of course you know we, we get comments from youtube re- youtube comments return and they're stupider than fucking ever it's just it's beautiful it's beautiful i should start putting episodes back on youtube was that the the live episode we did 
No, it was bad day oh. at block. Bad day at Blackrock. So this was like oh, quite wow, a that wa- was even like yeah, yeah. It was quite a time before you were even the the co-host. So I was even like a twinkle in. I didn't even know. I. I didn't even know you. <laughs> Back, no, back you didn't then. know. Me. Yeah, you did so. not know me. You were like I maybe was... you're probably like twelve at that point. So yes, yeah. I'm that much younger than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like entirely that much younger than you. I cannot find this guy because it it's just not showing. Does it say hunter or trapper or something like that? Oh, I think yeah, because there's no picture. Yeah, you don't Huntsman? need Huntsman. Huntsman, there you go. That's the guy. Harry Jones. That's it. He doesn't have a picture. That's why it threw me off. Yeah. The only picture, okay. The only picture is Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, there you go. It's the group one. <laughs> this is his biggest role, Muppet Treasure Island, where he had one line. Um, no, Harry Jones is known for Dangerous Liaisons, 1988, Clash of the Titans, 1981, and Quills, 2000. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. And we have another uh, comment, but this is also in the form of an Apple podcast review, which is, what? you know, yeah, which is something I never asked for anymore because I, I don't even have like fucking iTunes on my computer, so it's like it's hard to check. And um, but uh, this this is a sort of an initiative of our good friend Gary Hill, as he is mm-hmm. the one who who left the uh, comment here. He's like, hey, you know what? We should start uh, putting some good reviews on all of our buddies' podcasts and stuff. And mm. I'd, I'd like to say, yes, everyone do that. I am not going to do that myself because I'm not, never putting iTunes back on my computer. So it's just impossible for me to, to do that. But I do appreciate it, Gary. He put down a five-star review. So there mm. you go. Yeah. And he said all <laughs> over. And, and, and he says this, uh, all over the spectrum. Great film review show with films from all genres. And did I mention Canadians? Fine and knowledgeable banter all around from the from all the co-hosts. Plus, look for the great Blood on the Tracks episodes where some other guy hosts tunes from different sub-genres of film. Great stuff, you ungodly warlocks. Well, there you, there you go. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gary. You're great. You ungodly warlock. There. <laughs> I like it. Um, Anyways, I, I I know where you have the thing on iTunes because that was like the advertisement when I first started listening. Mm-hmm. But I never even touch it, so <laughs> I forgot that about that. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, there you go. Uh, like like I said again, thank you, Gary. And if people want to drop reviews on the Apple Podcast thing, if if you actually still use iTunes, you know, if you actually have it on your computer, like basically working as like spyware and a virus and all the other nasty things it does to your computer, then, um, you know, drop us a review. That'd be cool. I don't even know if it's true, but apparently it gets us more, more listens. So I think, yeah, if it's a higher rated podcast, they're going to more likely throw it out there as like suggested, Mm -hmm. uh, like a shitty one, then they're not going to suggest it. Yeah. I think I think we do kind of benefit though. Well, we don't really benefit because we don't really get any new listeners. But um, I, I do know that like other shows that I like, like uh, that are actually good. When I'd see them on fucking iTunes, they'd have like other shows like this show, and then ours would pop up and, and shit. So you know. Anyway, we can move on to what we've watched in the last little while. So uh, you got something there, uh, Lady Lee? I got one thing. Uh, okay. So first time watch for me which is actually kind of funny, but it's uh, Independence Day. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. It is the first time I've ever seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cheesy. 
Yeah. Like really, really, really cheesy. And I, I thought that it was kind of entertaining because it was so cheesy. And I'm I'm kind of glad they went on the cheesy route because this movie could have easily just aged out really badly mm-hmm. if they had taken themselves seriously. But because it was cheesy, because it was a little bit like whatever, you kind of appreciate it even more. Like the how like the sound effects sound, sound exactly like Star Wars and like all that kind of stuff. And the zombies look ridiculous. Or zombies, sorry. The aliens look ridiculous. And like mm-hmm. the, the action shots when they're like playing the air look really really like over the top yeah it's uh i feel like now it's even cheesier for like a first time watch versus had you seen it back then because you like know what to expect mm-hmm. yeah when it when it first came out it was more of like a big time event spectacle kind of thing you know and i seem to recall it got fairly okay reviews back in the day you know people are like yeah it, it's it's all right you know some of the some of the stuff's a little dodgy like using a like a an Apple computer to like hack the alien mothership and and stuff like that. But that's back when people still liked Will Smith a lot. So they, you know, they, they overlooked all the shit because Will Smith was like big and all over the place and and you know, punching aliens in the face and stuff. And they had it's Jeff Gold. Yeah, and you know, it had Jeff Goldblum in it. So, you know, usually you get you get a few points if you got Jeff Goldblum in your movie. And now now when people look on back on it, it's like, yeah, it's it's cheesy as fuck and and, and it's kind and it's kind of dumb but you know it, it is it is fun it's it's, it's yeah. perfectly fun yeah yeah it's it's a it's a good like kind of if you need to just um like unwind and laugh like that's kind of a good movie to do it too because it's just that just that perfect amount of cheesy it's the only thing that really bugs me it's very patriotic mm-hmm. uh <laughs> so that's the only thing because it wasn't it wasn't like cheesy patriotic it was like seriously patriotic uh uh-huh. which i didn't care for i i don't care for patriotic in any ways i always think there's a really annoying yeah it's probably a movie i'll never watch again but the, the one or two times i did see it i i enjoyed it it was fine i really like jeff goldblum though He's a yeah man. i i just watch i enjoy watching things with him in it because i like to watch him like <laughs> that's it. Oh, do you need a moment like <laughs> Just gonna go get some toys. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> Five minutes later. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I got one thing to mention. Uh, I watched Infinity Pool uh, recently, which is the new Brandon Cronenberg film. It's getting a lot of buzz. It's uh, its theatrical run was like R rated or something, but it uh, the direct to. Uh, digital and like the eventual like home release or whatever are all in C17 and for good reason because there's a lot of uh sort of over the top sexual and violent uh, content in it and disturbing imagery uh it's Brandon Cronenberg son of David Cronenberg he kind of follows in his dad's footsteps in a lot of things when it comes to like body horror and stuff like that uh it's it's a movie basically about it's sort of sort of set in like a parallel world to ours basically like a sort of alternate earth where there's this eastern european country that's like uh under a totalitarian regime but there's all these uh vacation resorts in it where rich people from other countries can come to them and you know just do what rich people do rich people shit you know Uh, (laughs) and as you know as long as you have money you're welcome and anyone who breaks the law in this country in general, uh, the sentence is death. But if you're a rich person, 
you can pay money and have a clone made of you that retains all your memories, all your thoughts, all your feelings, and that's killed, executed in your stead. And the only catch is you have to sit there and watch your clone be executed right in front of you. It's very yeah. fucked up. It's terrifying. It's, yeah. And so we have this, you know, this young couple. They, they come to um, this place. They hook up with uh, Mia Goth and her uh, boyfriend. Um, I don't know. Do you do you know who Mia Goth is? No. No. Okay. No. Maybe. What's uh, I, um... she, she was an ex in Pearl. Uh, she looks she was, familiar. She was in the remake of um, Suspiria. Okay. okay. She she's kind of just like getting a lot of renown as like maybe the next like Tony Collette as far as like be, being an actress that like is fearless and just will will go places that you don't expect an actress to go she's way crazy in this fucking film like it's rare you see a film that lets like a, a crazy female character go this nuts to the point where it's very unseductive and unattractive like usually when when usually when a when a woman's like a bad person in a movie like a uh, some sort of psychotic or something she's still like all the time she's like very seductive and sexy and you know oh she's dangerous but that's super hot and <laughs> and, and this like mia goth gets to the point where it's just like oh my god she is fucking crazy please get her away from me kind of thing so anyway our protagonists hook up with this couple they go off the reservation so to speak or the resort they have a, a drunken uh, hit and run episode where they kill a young a young man and uh, they get caught and hey they have enough money so the guy pays for the clone and it does something to him when he sees his clone get killed he starts uh, unraveling his life a little bit uh, to the point where he starts hanging out with Mia Goth and, and her crew, who are all just these rich people who do this all the time, go around committing crimes in this country because they can always pay for their clones to be killed. So they, they just like commit crimes with impunity and, and for kicks and just, you know, eh, we'll spend like one night in the, in the jail while they clone us and then we'll be released the next day after our clone is executed. So it just can, it kind of descends into this, a morass of craziness and i don't know if it necessarily 100 percent works but i was pretty impressed with it and i really liked it and i'm going to rewatch it several times uh, <laughs> so yeah it's pretty good uh it, it's getting pretty good reviews too uh, i don't know if it's doing very good business but it's getting pretty good reviews for the most part so uh, i like that, that is good that mm -hmm. is good <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Clash of the Titans. And I don't know about you, Lee, but I think. Let them learn the hard way, they say. Now, let them learn the hard way can be an attitude that results in a serious injury. You ungodly warlock. Uh, there's this show called Movie Melt, and you probably know about it. Uh, and it's once every two... I have no idea how often this is uploaded. <laughs> and it's a show where a bunch of compañeros get together and we play some fun games, trivia mainly. Uh, we talk about new releases. Uh, we have some fun games where we try and guess the title of a movie based on stuff that really probably religious people write on IMDb. 
Yeah, it takes about 20 hours to record. There's always a failure midway through. Uh, and then the highlight of the week of the, of the show is um, reviewing a movie. Usually it's kind of a interesting, lesser known cult type movie. And it's uh, quite enjoyable. It sounds good in theory, yes. <laughs> I might have a listen one day. Wow. You ungodly warlock. Clash of the Titans, 1981, we have a trailer. In an ancient age, before recorded time, men were measured by their courage, and women by their beauty. Mighty gods ruled the universe, and fear and destruction covered the world. It was a time of darkness, when only the force of love could bring back the light. Now, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer presents Clash of the Titans, a sweeping legend of a golden age, soon the motion picture epic of our time. Enter into the wondrous world of Perseus and Andromeda, a world of passion and power, beauty and bravery, mystery and magic, a world that transcends fantasy 
and leaps into legend. One courageous man rides between an angry heaven and the fury of hell on earth. He rides a winged stallion across the sky. He rides to save the one who owns his heart. He rides towards wonders no man has ever seen and terrors no man has ever faced. Clash of the Titans, starring Laurence Olivier, Maggie Smith, Ursula Andress, Burgess Meredith, Claire Bloom, and introducing Harry Hamlin as Perseus and Judy Bowker as Andromeda. It will touch you, shock you, dazzle your senses, and sweep you to the limits of your imagination. Clash of the Titans. All right, this is directed by Desmond Davis, and he has 29 directing credits uh, on his resume, but he's mostly known as a camera operator in things like like camera operator and other various like camera related jobs on set uh, on things like the African queen, the crawling eye, the giant behemoth, all sorts of stuff. A lot of varied like journeyman career kind of thing by the looks of it. I was looking through his directing credits. It's like, I don't know any of these movies. seems like he had a pretty good career though. We have a writer here, Beverly cross. She wrote on a previous one of these uh, Harryhausen produced movies, Jason and the Argonauts from 1963. And she did some other similar similar stuff, uh, The Long Ships from 1964, and uh, one of the Sinbad movies, Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger in 1977. We watched a Sinbad movie a couple of years back together, didn't we? It was I think it was what the fuck one was that? It wasn't it wasn't Eye of the Tiger. It was it was maybe the seventh voyage of Sinbad or something like that. Um, I'm. I'm like the worst yeah. person to ask. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't remember. We watched one of them, but we we, we have watched other Harryhausen involved stuff. We did uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand uh, Phantoms. Uh, yes. Yeah, on an intermission episode a while back. Yeah. We got Harry Hamlin here as Perseus. He's mostly a TV actor, and like he he did 105 episodes of L.A. Law. Uh, 12 episodes of Veronica Mars and 15 episodes of Mad Men. Those are the things sort of jumped out, but he's done just a shit ton of TV, couple movies here and there, but not, not a big movie career. Uh, we got Judy Boaker is Andronima. Uh, I, the only thing I really saw her in that I, I could recognize was the 1977 TV mer- uh, movie version of, uh, Dracula called count Dracula. And, and other than that, uh, her career is pretty much just beyond me. I, I have no idea. I have I haven't really seen anything she was in either. We got Burgess Meredith here, a familiar face as Amon. 182 credits from 1935 to 1996. Most people, of course, know him as Mickey from the Rocky films. Some of you may know him as the uh, as the uh, father in Grumpy and Grumpier Old Men. And uh, he had four different roles in the original Twilight Zone uh, series. Uh, so he appeared in that four different times. Uh, he was also the Penguin in the Adam West back Batman uh, series from 66 to 68. And uh, he did a bunch of other like cool films, horror stuff that, that I kind of like. Uh, Torture Garden, 1967. Bird Offerings from 76. The Sentinel from 77. And uh, The Manitou and Magic from 1978. Uh, we got Maggie Smith as uh, Thetis, and she was in stuff like Death on the Nile, Hook, quite a bit later on. 
uh, Sister Act and Sister Act 2. And uh, she's in like all the Harry Potter films as well, I guess. So uh, she did pretty okay for herself. Classy, classic <laughs> British actress. Well, cl- classy, knows her. Yeah, cl- classy uh, British actress, you know, been in all, ty- all kinds of stuff. Uh, we got Cyan Phillips as Cassiopeia. Uh, she was in the, the one, well, there's actually three things here that I've, I've seen her in. Um, I can barely remember one of them. Uh, she was in I, Claudius, which was the BBC uh, television production of I, Claudius. Uh, she was in Dune in 1984. And she was in Ewoks, Battle for Endor. That was the one I barely remembered, but I did remember that she was in it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the less said about those Ewoks movies, the better. They, they're they a little sketchy. We got Claire Bloom as Hera. She was the, the things that jumped out for me here, the haunting and the illustrated man. We got Ursula Andress as Aphrodite. And of course she was the very first Bond girl, uh, the very first official Bond girl anyway, in Dr. No. Yeah. Uh, and she was also in she, she was in the uh, parody uh, version of Casino Royale from 1967 as Vesper Lind and uh, she was in stuff like Red Sun and the really nasty scum bottom of the barrel version of like the, the cannibal films from the seventies uh, slave of the cannibal God, which has all kinds of like animal cruelty and stuff in it, which is just not cool. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah. That, that one's bad. That one's good a bit rough. Uh, we got Lawrence Olivier as Zeus uh, actor and director of stage and screen often regarded as probably both the greatest actor of all time and the greatest actor to do Shakespeare of all time. Um, 88 screen credits from 1930 to 1989. It was the stuff from like uh, Wuthering Heights, Rebecca, Pride and Prejudice, Henry V, Hamlet, Richard III, Spartacus, Othello, The Battle of Britain, Sleuth, Marathon Man, 7% Solution, Bridge Too Far, The Boys from Brazil, uh, a version of Dracula, I think the 79 version, uh, the jazz singer, King Lear and the Bounty, uh, just an incredibly distinguished career. And like I said, most people kind of consider him probably the greatest male leading actor of all time. He, he usually makes it to most lists. We've got Neil McCarthy as Calabos. He was in stuff like The Concrete Jungle, Zulu, the Shogun TV movie series, or the miniseries, I guess I should say, uh, The Monster Club, Time Bandits. Uh, he unfortunately uh, suffered from uh, acromegaly, so that's the uh, disease it's, that's usually paired with uh, uh, giantism as well. But he didn't have giantism; he was like a six foot one tall guy. But uh, the the acromegaly um, distorts the, uh, the the features, makes like like the hands and the head larger. So you, and you can kind of tell like they didn't have to do necessarily a lot of makeup on him. Like he he did have like the the larger head in, in, in real life, but um, yeah. And uh, we have Tim Pickett Smith's as Thalo, Susan Fleetwood as Asina, and Jack Gwillem as Poseidon. And I will mention, I should have went back into Jack Gwillem's uh, IMDb as well, because he's in quite a bit of stuff. Although uh, the one thing I, I do quite fondly re- remember uh, with him is he, he was uh, Professor Van Helsing in uh, The Monster Squad. We have a synopsis here from Nick Reganis on IMDb. Sent with his mother to their deaths at the wild open sea by uh, King 
Acrius of Argos. I totally fucked that up. Uh, the <laughs> the newborn Perseus, son of the king of the gods Zeus, escapes his cruel fate and grows up uh, to be a, a man with a mission in life. Without delay, Perseus has to return to the affluent city of Joppa, where the daughter of Queen Cassiopeia, the beautiful princess Andronima, is to marry the hideously grotesque monster Calibos, the mortal son of Thetis, the sea goddess. However, in his quest to rescue the cursed Andronima, Perseus will soon find himself up against formidable ad adversaries. Only the gifts from the gods themselves could give him a fighting chance. Will heroic Perseus fulfill his destiny? Yeah, that's dun, dun, dun. yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's all right. So uh, I was going to ask if this was first time watch for you, but you mentioned to me uh, tonight that oh, I saw this uh, years ago. So uh, yeah, what what are your what are your general thoughts on it? Um. Unfortunately, the teacher showed it to me. I really hate her. So it just mm. reminded me of my teacher. Oh. I wasn't happy about that. But <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, when I first started watching it, like, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, this is the movie with the owl. Like, I couldn't mm -hmm. remember anything. I just remember the movie being so outdated for its uh, CGI when we watched it, which mm -hmm. is hilarious because, like, this was in 1981. I watched it in... 2003 or 2000 mm -hmm. yeah 2003 or 2004 did so did you think there was actually cgi in this back then is that is that what you're telling me no sorry i just mean like oh. yeah the the special effects yes thank you that's CGI. okay the special effects were very outdated like mm -hmm. just, just what they had like they did a really good job of using what they had mm -hmm. but when i'm watching it in high school like and in a class of course it's going to be made fun of like heavily made fun of mm -hmm. uh watching it again just seeing it again just kind of made me laugh because I, I like all I remember was like everyone laughing their ass off at like specific moments in the movie but i do have to say like for what they had and what they were doing um i found the actors did a really good job with like acting around like the the like the two-headed dog when they're fighting that i thought it was mm -hmm. really good because like afar they're like fighting and then up close they're like still like they have the face and stuff there was one part though when um he's riding on pegasus i thought that was a little funny because it was very casual like it's just there okay <laughs> hey guys whatever yeah there was like moments where i think they just took themselves too seriously and there's other times where i think they just did it right because like mm -hmm. with the owl i thought it was perfect like the owl tries to go on the branch and the branch breaks so it's mm -hmm. really awkward scene that's kind of funny Funny, but it's meant to be funny so it doesn't really matter when you watch it like it's just hilarious no matter what like it doesn't i mean it won't ever age because it's just as it ages it just gets funnier <laughs> but then there's other parts where um it was just difficult to watch my biggest thing is that it was very slow i know you say it wasn't but that was my thing like i just felt like it took forever to get like when he was after medusa like that fight against medusa i felt it was mm -hmm. so drawn out like i was even watching it like a little bit faster because i couldn't handle how slow the pace was, it was that was the point though <laughs> but i couldn't do it i'm sorry i cannot do it <laughs> like like you got you got to think of what although although there is you know boobies and butts in this movie this movie is kind of made for kids Okay, and but kids have short attention spans. I watched this as a kid, and I loved it. I, not all kids have short attention spans. That's not true. A lot of them do. <laughs> I'm not just the only one. When I was a kid, there was a lot of us. But um, as an adult, there's less of us. But anyway, no. <laughs> yeah, but but that that whole that whole Medusa scene—that's one of the parts of this film that's. 
hey, this is a great film to introduce kids to horror movies because there's scenes in this that are like directly, totally horror movie scenes. And the, the Medusa scene is one of them. Like the Medusa scene is specifically drawn out to create a little bit of tension and suspense and also to show off Medusa. Because if you notice, and we'll get into the special effects a bit deeper here in a bit, but it's showing off like how expressive Medusa is and stuff because there's a lot of close-ups of her face. There's even a point where Medusa isn't just like scowling and looking evil. There's like a point where she's looking worried because she can't fucking find this guy and kill him. And I thought it was fucking... It built really good tension. It's I, I think it's fucking when, really when well done. When did you first watch it, though? First time I watched this was probably Jesus. I don't know. I don't know the fucking year. Um, Around what year? Uh, somewhere in the late eighties. Okay, like... so you're still in that era. I watched it in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. and there was a drastic change in movies in those like just two thousand three. So it's like how how old were you in two thousand three? Two thousand seven or fourteen. Okay, so I would I would argue you probably are you probably were a couple years older than like the cutoff for like a movie like this to hook a kid. But again, it was a drastic difference between like movies in the eighties and movies in the two thousands. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's those movies. There's seriously those movies that you watch, and the first time you watch them, you watch them at the right time because the next time or that somebody else who watches them later on, they've just they just haven't aged well. It's not one of those things where you can appreciate it because like when you, I shouldn't say with all movies, but I know with it comes to me like specifically, mm-hmm. um, there's movies where I see it and I'm like, I appreciate what they tried to do and I appreciate what's going on. But the problem is it just looks so bad now. Like when I first watched it in high school, it looked really bad. So it didn't hook me then. So how, uh, how do you, how do you think it looked this time though, when you watched it, like, do, do you think it looked noticeably, be- noticeably better where it's like a Blu-ray rip? of the film or did it even look even worse to you when i first started watching it i was watching it on my chrome book because i was mm-hmm. making dinner at the same time yes i know i'm terrible <laughs> no it's fine watch it any way you want that's fine uh i i just need it was it literally was because it was slow going i'm like i could cook dinner at the same time mm-hmm. but uh when I turned it on, put it onto my TV, I that's when I noticed. Like that's when I noticed the quality was uh, visually was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it doesn't change the the technology <laughs> that they had. No, there's. <laughs> I mean, there's visually, there's only there's only so much you can do with you know like the composite shots or whatever they're using, where you know like the the monster is clearly not there, but they're do, like doing a good enough job to make it look like it's there with the people. You know, like yeah. As, as far I'm as not, those things go, this is pretty seamless for the time. I'm not saying anything against the movie because I thought uh, with the time, with what they had, with everything they did, and uh, especially mm-hmm. like with the acting as well, to act without something in front of you, like mm-hmm. to be, still be able to do it. I thought they all did a good job. Like I thought that was great. I'm not, I don't really care about any of the, the stories about the gods or goddesses. They just make mm-hmm. me angry. Yeah. So I don't have an interest I, in the I story. Figured, I figured they would because, you know, this movie tiptoes around the fact that the Greek gods were all petty and abusive monsters who just play with mortals for their amusement, and Zeus is really just kind of the god of pride 
greed, spite, and sexual assault more than anything else. Like if, if he was a god of anything, it was probably the god of sexual assault <laughs> because all he does is, you know, either force himself upon women or, you know, deceive women to have sex with them and then, you know, punishes them when they're like, hey, I have a kid now. What are you going to do for me? <laughs> I'm going to have you cast to the sea, bitch. You know, like, yeah, no, Zeus and and to a lesser extent, the other gods around him are all just pieces of shit. Like, they're all they're all pretty much nasty fucking pieces of work. Like, even even when I hear the, the, the stories and everything, and everyone's like, oh, Zeus is so cool. I'm like, is he, though? Is no, he's, he? no, it's like 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 my name says here in in the chat it's it's a pantheon of patriarchy basically it's just hey men rule the world women are subservient women are all vain and greedy bitches men have to put up with them it, it, there's a lot of that shit in this and eventually the men's going to win out like zeus is totally in control at all times in this movie like he has the other gods disagree with him and sometimes change things a little bit but this is really just Zeus playing a role-playing game more than anything else. And he's using real people as his characters. Like he's just kind of, like there, there's at no time that Perseus is really in all that much trouble because Zeus is like rigging the game for him at every fucking step of the way, right? Yeah, he's like, okay, cool. We're going to see how strong you are. Mm-hmm. By the way, here's this. By the way, here's a shield that talks to you. Yeah. By the way, here's this metal bird. It, it's like he's almost on, omnipotent, right? Because it's it's almost like he knows what's going to happen before it actually happens. So he gives him all the perfect equipment to use, basically. And it all sort of comes to pass by, by the end of it. Like, it looks like maybe Perseus has free will to everyone around him and Perseus himself. But, like, the movie kind of shows, eh, does he? I don't know about that. It seems like Zeus is kind of controlling everything. I don't know. I think I was just like bitter. I, I nothing against any of the actors and yeah. No, I, of, like I said, okay, like I said, it, I started off this movie realizing that it reminded me of like the great ten year that I fucking hated so bad mm-hmm. with the teacher that I hated the most, and she's the one interested <laughs> me in the movie. So this is how I started it. Was this is like in my head? So I was trying to like continuously put like a positive spin in it but all mm-hmm. i can remember was like the laughter at every moment that happened because of like the scenes being looking so ridiculous and again this was like a little yeah this was over 20 years after it came out yeah mm-hmm. so so this movie's been poisoned for you kind of from the get yeah, yeah 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 and then plus i have like the shortest attention span <laughs> So that doesn't help either. Like I had it on, I was watching it at 1.25 because it was just too slow to watch it at normal speed. I, and I, I didn't even have to rush it. Either. Like I literally had the time and I was like, I can't do this. They're talking so slow. The scenes are passing by so fucking slow. Like someone literally slow mode, just like fucking version. <laughs> so <much laughs> like I can't do it. I have to put it up. I'm sorry. I have to put it up. It didn't, it, all it did was like slightly like it was the slightest bit of ad of speed but i just i don't know i just couldn't wait between the seats i was like this is fucking ridiculous i loved oh my god i love some of the the things like when um maggie smith's face was on the statue mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing that looks good it looks really that good. was amazing i loved it i loved that moment that was just one of those perfect like fuck you i'm a statue but i'm gonna fuck you up <laughs> yeah yeah no there's that was there's great there's there's real like some of the effects I'll I'll totally agree some at some points they look 
pretty choppy. Like, especially when it's stuff like, um, you know, when, when Poseidon's underwater letting the Kraken out. Yeah. You, you kind of you see him superimposed on 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 there, and it's it's pretty goddamn obvious he's not on, underwater, and there's like it's very hard to believe. But then you got stuff like the Maggie Smith on on the face of the statue, which is pretty much seamless. It, it just looks really great. There's stuff they do with like the animated um, animated shadows. So like there's the one that shows uh, Calabos's origin of how he got so ugly. And they do it as a shadow, you know, showing him turn into that that sort of his demonic form. Um, they show before they show the Medusa, they show her shadow uh, with all the snakes and shit uh, going through 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 her chambers or whatever. So they do that a couple times. It's really good. I think most of the stop motion monsters and stuff look fucking great. And again, like like you mentioned, they do an awesome job of like matching them with the people actually in the scene. So it looks pretty effectively done. Like it looks honestly better than I I'd say most modern movies, even when it comes to like people trying to interact with CGI shit, that's not there. I I can, I can think of tons of movies where it doesn't look good at all. And this kind of still trumps them. Like this, this is using the best possible guy for stop motion. This is his last hurrah. Like this is, probably the if i think about it, it's probably the last or one of the last movies that features like so much actual stop motion in it like there's still there's still a few there's plenty of films throughout the 80s that still have stop motion a lot of it not very good then you get stuff like robocop and robocop 2 and that's kind of the era where it finally kind of dies where it's just like people just don't use it anymore on a regular basis a lot of the composite shots and and stuff like that that they use in here. This is kind of like the last hurrah for a lot of those techniques. And you're right. It does date the movie in a way. Because it makes it look like a movie that shouldn't be in 1981. Like You know, if you didn't know it was made in 1981, you could buy it was made in like 1963 or something. like the, Or 64, like the year after Jason and the Argonauts or something like that. Like it, it looks like it could be made in that era instead of the 80s. But um. I, I feel like one of the big reasons this movie still sort of got to be made in 1981 is because stuff like Star Wars happened and that was still practical effects and that was still employing like stop motion and things like that. So it was still a little bit of life in the technique at that point. So I think that's kind of why you see it here. Yeah, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do want to mention though, like, we're, we're calling it special effects and stuff. Like, I, I think it it's a bit of a disservice to call like this level of stop motion special effects. Cause when I think of special effects, I think of like explosions. The, these days I think of CGI, I think of explosions. I think of like lighting and, and, you know, stuff like that, like stuff to like shock the audience or things that are more akin to jump scares almost in a way where, you know, things that are unexpected and shit like that. Whereas, like, the actual stop-motion creatures in this, the attention to detail to them is so great that they're actually, you know, they feel like actual physical characters in this world. You know, just part of the cast, part of the story. They're not, they don't feel, like, distance from the actual actors, as, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it, I can, like, kind of watch this and get sucked into it and buy into, like, yes, Perseus is fighting a giant scorpion. 
you know, it's it's not just a special effect, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. I yes. They use like the, the use of camera angles is very clever too. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of scenes where they like from a distance they were in the same shot, but from close it was just one or the other. So mm-hmm. I think they did a good job at that instead of like, you know, like the last movie you saw where the bear came down to grab the Oh yeah. Whatever. Yeah, we like, we watched yeah, we we watched the uh, prophecy the other the other day uh, this past weekend. Yeah, that one looked just like really just took you out. You're like, okay, what the fuck? Like that, whatever. Yeah, you're, like, you were talking you were talking about the animatronic. Um... But that point was just the head. Like you could literally tell it was just mm-hmm. the head and like a hand. Like it just these ones at least when they had it, they didn't bother with any of that stuff, knowing full well it wouldn't work. So they just had the shots from a distance with both actor or sorry with the the beasts and the actor Mm -hmm. uh and then when you got in close it was just the actor and uh i I did find a lot of the actors did a good job like the fight scenes they did a good job with playing the other side of being attacked even though there was nothing really in front of them so and i think you know and when it comes to the calibos character they wisely have both a guy in prosthetics for you know when he has to act and then they just have the stop motion version of him fighting perseus when when they have like the big fight scenes and stuff yeah, yeah, which which I th- I think works really well. Like it, it's it's not a hundred percent seamless, but it it's good enough where it's like okay, I get it. You know, yeah, it gets the point across with the movie, mm-hmm. and it's uh as much as that hasn't aged very well. Yeah, like, you can still appreciate it versus mm-hmm. like some movies that have it where you're like, this is bad. This is yeah, yeah, really bad. This one, like, <laughs> I can still there's fight spinning. Like they did them well. Like they did. I I thought they were cool to watch like it was cool to see this type of technology being like put in place so well yeah. it's, just, it's just it's just the attention to the detail because what you're seeing on on screen is the result of like Harryhausen and whoever's working under him moving these incredibly well articulated models like so well articulated that they pretty much do move like real animals do like the scorpions move like real scorpions the uh, two-headed dog that they sell that that's a dog. Yeah. Like, yeah. To to the point like you feel bad for it. That's <laughs> I was about to say, to the point where it's like, I don't like seeing that dog get killed because when the first dog head gets stabbed to death, the other one howls in pain. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, that's a real dog that's in pain right now. Like that's bad. Even though it looked really fake. Or not really fake. Even though like when it fell off the mountain, it was kind of funny, but you mm-hmm. still felt terrible for it. Like I yeah. it was yeah, that was knowing we knew we knew it wasn't real and it's still with the sounds that they did and the, how, the, the way the body moved you could believe it like you definitely yeah it. you can you can suspend your disbelief with these things right and, yeah and part of the reason is just because harryhausen is and his team are they're taking these models so well articulated like you can move basically anything on them like in some cases to the point where there's like expressive parts of their faces and stuff like their eyebrows and shit go up and things like that and they're moving it like a fraction of an inch or whatever taking a photograph of it you know and then doing another fucking fraction of an inch and like that process just to get a couple minutes of film just like a shot of them in film took so damn long like uh this this movie ran over budget i believe because harryhausen had to take extra time to get some of this stuff right and so like down to things like the dog's fur moving Mm -hmm. 
and and that's that's the thing Harryhausen first saw in the original King Kong that like inspired him to do what he did for his entire life. And, and, you know, he, and he just kind of like pays homage to that kind of idea here. And he's, and he's done it before in other films too, but you know, just like to think of that, like most people wouldn't think of that. Like, uh, no, nah, we're not gonna have the fur move because, you know, it, it kind of looks a little janky on film to see the fur kind of move like it does, but he's, he's putting that much detail into it, that much love into it. And, uh, you just don't really see that in films anymore that sort of practical side of things like it's it's kind of akin to puppetry really because it's still people moving these things they're not moving them live on 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 screen like the muppets or anything but it's still a person physically moving these things and like basically acting with them so it's it's a bit different than uh, a cgi creation or whatever you know as much oh yeah as much as i like to to laugh with a lot of things again like i said it was just timing for me i can appreciate the effort that's put into this kind of movie then when you have a newer movie that heavily relies on technology and relies on um cgi and relies on all that kind of stuff in order to try and create the movie because i I've, i've talked about this before i've mentioned how there's movies that just ruin it because even though the cgi Mm-hmm. is current and even though that all the technology is current it's still bad because it's just too much this is a movie where this the director like put attention massive attention into detail like mm-hmm. every little thing like you said with the dogs fur moving and all that kind of stuff like it's it's those small things that helped like with yeah more entertaining i think i think and I, I think what you're you're catching on to there is kind of a difference that is just a difference in movie making these days when it comes to anything that's like an action film or action related in films. Mm-hmm. It's not even just with CGI effects, but although it, it when it comes to CGI effects, it's, it's especially egregious. It's the inability for the viewer to follow the action because too much is happening and there's too many cuts in the scene. So, like, you'll have, like, a, a fight scene in an action movie where there's a cut every, like, half a second or something, you know? So, every every time it's like, oh, he goes for a punch, cuts to the guy getting hit, you know? And you can't really tell where they're fighting. You can't tell the, the architecture of the room or the space of the environment that they're fighting in. So, it, it doesn't have any kind of weight to it or meaning to it. And the same thing with, like, like say, the CGI in one of those fucking uh, Transformers movies... Or maybe even the remake of this movie from 2010 or whatever the fuck it was, where there's so much CGI action going on in your face all the time. You can't really tell what's going on. Like, it, it's, it's, it's very hard to distinguish what's happening. In a movie like this, though, you can clearly follow the action. You know where they are. You know what they're doing. And it's just it's very good visual storytelling, I think. And I think that's kind of a thing that's lost on a lot of modern movies. Yeah. Cause they had to tell a story without the ability of having all this access to all these things. Like they had to find a way to say here, we're going to create this monster and this is what we have in order to do it. Instead of like now it's like, cool. Yeah. Let's do whatever we need to do. Let's put someone in a green suit and, mm-hmm. You got the crap out of it. 
I'm yeah, not saying so. like some of it's absolutely well done. I think there's some movies out there that uh, have to have CGI in order to kind of create the um, kind of the atmosphere that they're trying to create. So I'm not anti it at all. I just mm-hmm. think that there is, like you said, um, where it's a reliance uh, to tell a story instead of kind of allowing like your imagination to kind of like suspending disbelief and doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's like instead of storytelling, it's just fuck it here. We'll just yeah. Like, 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 like that's where it becomes a special effect where it just becomes oh here's some explosions on screen here's here's some random shit happening that doesn't make sense but it's oh pretty colors and stuff's moving so you should pay attention and and it's just kind of just kind of lost on you like it's do you know what movie did that to me um i think i mentioned this before i most likely mentioned it before because it is one of my biggest pet peeves so i'm a huge james bond fan like, mm-hmm. huge james bond fan and um i am absolutely in love with pierce brosnan i think he's wonderful and gorgeous and amazing that i need another moment <laughs> <laughs> five minutes later um but uh die another day was mm. uh I, I what was drove me crazy too was that i really like the storyline it's one of the movies that i actually preferred the storyline out of a lot of other ones because i had this really cool story about it i had this like crazy thing with the technology and all this stuff with like the changing face and the guy with the diamonds in the face and like the the stuff that was there but then mm-hmm. they just threw in so much fucking cgi to try and make it look like so fucking cool that when you watch it you're like oh fuck this shit like mm-hmm. you get and this was like when it first came out, and it, honestly, like all the other movies before that, like Goldeneye, um, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, um, and then what was it? Uh, I think he did four of them. Did he do three of them? Four of them? He did four of them, right? Yeah. Oh, um, the world is not enough. World is not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I didn't care for. Um, yeah. That, that, was, that like... was was that the one of Denise Richards in it? Or... Yeah. yeah, I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care for her. I didn't care. The story was. Okay, I don't know. There was something about that one that bugged me. I don't really watch it. The theme from Garbage, like the theme song, was amazing. But that's mm-hmm. about it. Um, anyways, back to the thing. Sorry, mm-hmm. sidetracked. But yeah, there's like those two movies, and then you go into Daniel Craig right afterwards with Casino Royale, and that was fucking brilliantly done. And mm-hmm. uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, such a cool movie, and it was so well done. And Goldeneye, so well done. And then you have fucking Die Another Day that just ruined it. That just ruined it. It was. Oh, it made me so angry. Like I, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, I remember enjoying it when I was younger when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I it, massive bias because I was in love with Pierce Brosnan. Like comes out with like beard, hair, body showing. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I love this movie. Five minutes later, uh, <laughs> and then I try to watch it again, and I'm like, I don't love this movie. Like there yeah. was so much potential to it, and it just. Yeah, I've never seen that one all the way through either. I just heard, like, I, I watched some of it on TV. I was like, eh. I don't they think, I didn't even. CGI. They try too hard. Yeah, I didn't even get to the CGI stuff. I was just like, eh. I heard this was bad. I don't think I'm going to stick with it. That we'll was, have to was... watch it. Uh, maybe. Yeah, we'll have to watch it just so we can, like, make fun of it. Like, it's more better. Okay. It's, it's better if we can make fun of it than watch yeah. it on your own. We'll make a drinking game out of it. Okay, that that works. Um, I do I do want to mention though I I do really like uh, Calibos as like the secondary villain in this. I like that he's both a monster and he's a victim of Zeus. Like he's an example of Zeus just being a fucking prick. Mm-hmm. Like Zeus takes like this petty revenge on him just because he's like hunting you know flying horses. 
I don't even think Calbos necessarily knows that they're Zeus's horses or anything. Like, I don't think that's spelled out. He just, he just kind of unwittingly does it because he's a hunter or whatever. You know, that sucked. That kind of makes him a bad person. But like the shit that Zeus puts him through is just kind of like the typical shit Zeus puts people through that piss him off. And it sets in motion all these horrible things happening in the story just because he decided to be petty and turn Calibus into like this, uh, frankly, Jewish looking guy, kind of. <laughs> that, that, that It's a little bad on that. Like, and that's just kind of a thing that it's kind of a trope of the genre where monsters tend to look a little Semitic, shall we say. That's, I don't, I'm not saying the movie itself is like intentionally being racist there. It's just, it's just kind of, the trope it's kind of like even if you're not thinking about it you know it's it's kind of one of the the things that happens in movies like this again there's the stop motion version of them then there's the live action version of them and i think the performance is really good so i, I just i wanted to mention that i i i really enjoyed that and of course i favorite monster medusa for me i don't know about you what, what your favorite one is but uh Medusa was pretty badass. I just like Medusa in general. Like she's she's just misunderstood. Well, <laughs> um, and, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, here here's here's the thing. Like, so this movie takes a bunch of Greek myths and stuff and kind of smushes them all together and changes some of the stuff around, you know, uh, to make it a little bit more thrilling. Like Medusa isn't necessarily evil in the original myths. She's just she's another person who's punished. Because she happened to be like prettier than one of the goddesses, like so she gets her and her sisters get turned into gorgons for being so beautiful, and and in this movie, she's not necessarily evil. Like if if you look at the whole That's setup, true. if you look at the setup to this, right? Sure, she's a she's a monster, and like they don't really go too much into her origins into this, but you know she's hiding in her temple house or whatever. She's just trying to like live her life. A, live her life and like mind her own fucking business and you see all these statues of these dudes outside her fucking place and inside her place turned to stone they're all there trying to kill her they're all there trying to like get her head and like make a name of for themselves or whatever right so mm -hmm. she's so she's just defending her fucking house like she's killing home invaders is, is what's happening so yeah. like you know you can kind of feel bad for her and like i think it adds a little extra to the fact that you know when you see like close-up shots of her face and stuff She's like, oh, no, more fucking people. Well, I better take care of them. And then she starts shooting her arrows, and she doesn't get Perseus right away. And she's like, where the fuck is he? And she's starting to look worried. And it's just like, yeah, she's been through this like a hundred times, you know? And, and it's just another fucking day, another group of fucking dicks try to cut her head off, you know? So That's true. I, I will agree with that. That is a, a very different point of view on it. But it totally makes sense because she wasn't um doing anything they came mm -hmm. into her space and invaded her space and that's it like yeah they they were like yeah let's go let's go fuck with uh, medusa let's go steal her head and uh the only thing that really annoyed me was that you could obviously see that it was a shield in the reflection mm -hmm. and then she goes to shoot anyway and i'm like i don't think she'd be that dumb like this woman has like literally had so many people come after her i think she would be like no no I'm not falling for that shit. <laughs> I'm I'm, will, I'm willing to bet that maybe her, her vision is not as good or something like that. You know, I don't know. I just think she's they, she's, like, she's they, part snake. They don't see very well. I think they just did the whole like use your shield 
if you mm-hmm. just like the reflection she can't uh, or you can't get it turned into stone if you just see her reflection mm-hmm. and i just feel like it was that plot thing where they're like okay now we have to throw it in uh yeah, so yeah, yeah. but uh, i was gonna say the the two-headed dogs i think were my favorite mm-hmm. only because i was like when they were attacking them i was like why they could be friends <laughs> like, I think of was like wouldn't it be amazing to have a dog with two heads like as a pet Despite, it was supposed to. It was supposed to be three heads too, but it was just too too difficult to animate the third head, so they had to cut down to two heads. Yeah, see, it just that was my favorite. I was, I think, mm-hmm. um, because well, one, they look freaking adorable, even though they were so angry. Mm-hmm. And uh, two, um, I, I appreciate how they uh, created that realism. Like even though obviously they look fake, but they still gave that that realism. Like they still made like the screeches, the the sounds, the barks, and the the falling off. Yeah, d- falling d- off the mount was a little bit funny, but <laughs> Dioscelios was was a good dog. He was a good dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were just a- being assholes to it. Yeah, he was just he was just trying to defend his his owner Medusa. He was just just yeah. just, just trying to defend his mama. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Again, more people just entering the territory. Like, if some fucking asshole tried to come kill me, my dog would probably be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. I'd say for me, runner-up too is the giant scorpions. I thought they were pretty fucking. Oh, they look so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They- okay. Um, the best and most terrible was the kraken. Kraken. I was about to say. Um, I never liked the kraken. I thought it was overrated. Like, I, I think it. I think it's well conceived and animated and all that, but. Yeah, I just I prefer giant octopi when I think of kraken. Me too. Yeah, yeah. so that one, uh, just as soon as it came out, I, I didn't even remember that part. I think I did. I think I slightly remembered. I wasn't surprised, but mm-hmm. hilarious nonetheless. Uh, when uh, um, what's his face like just goes across slowly across the kraken's face. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's not good. That doesn't work. That terrible. Part, no. That was terrible. That was like when they should have just kept with what they were doing before. Like they were doing everything right. Then they're like, no, let's have both in the same shot. No, they should have. That's when they should have done a long distance shot and just had the two and the two stop motion things in the same in the same scene. You know, kind of thing. That was so bad. Yeah, funny. But uh, it ended so quickly too. Like uh, the. The conclusion to all this, like the end, the, like the the climactic resolution, was just mm-hmm. so fast. It was like he comes in, he's like, "No worry, guys, I got this." Takes out Medusa's head, and it's like, "Oh hey, hey. yeah." It's pretty. It's pretty uh, anticlimactic. Honestly, the Medusa scene is really the final climatic scene. Really, like that's yeah. that's his that's his hardest fight. Basically, is yeah. I would have to agree. Like that was kind of uh, the only point in the movie. Like that should have been the the glorifying moment of. Um, I won this girl's heart. The Kraken was nothing. Like there was no point to it. There was just mm-hmm. the easiest fight possible. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I I love this movie. So um, I uh, I unabashedly recommend it. Uh, totally. I, I, think, I think I think it holds up great. So I, I love it. I think there's a level. I, I I think people should watch it just for the appreciation of the stop motion. Like mm-hmm. if you want to see something that's uh from my God, just thinking like that's that's forty years now. Yep. Yeah. Fuck me. That's crazy. Like when I was thinking about it when I was high school, it was twenty years. Um. Yeah. So movies over forty over forty years old. Uh. So you have stuff that you don't see as much anymore 
So mm -hmm. you kind of get to appreciate um, what was used in order to create this. And anybody who's like a moviegoer, like a movie buff, anybody who really like likes to watch movies, um, like especially it uh, goes to the decades of movies. This is definitely one I think people should watch because uh, mm -hmm. this is kind of um, as much like I said, <laughs> ruined for me. But uh, I think other people would very much appreciate it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, budget for this was somewhere between nine and fifteen million dollars. Uh, couldn't get a solid number on that. Box office was big though. This is one of the big earners in 1981. Seventy million. So it did really, really fucking well. That is well. That is very yeah, well. <laughs> that is very well. Uh, and we have some a uh, so, little bit of trivia here, so I'll just go through this real quick, and then we'll wrap up. So Calibos, uh, Lord of the Marsh, and son of Thetis, does not appear in Greek mythology at all. He's based on Caliban, the antagonist William Shakespeare created in 1611 for the Tempest. In Greek mythology, the son of Thetis was uh, Achilles, Greece's best warrior in the uh, war against Troy. So... Uh, that's one of the examples where they change things around here. Also, another example of this, uh, the Titans preceded the Olympians in power. Kronos and Atlas were the most famous Titans. Ironically, none of the Titans from Greek mythology appear in this movie. In this movie, the Titans are the Norse Kraken, who never appeared in Greek mythology at all, and Medusa, who was never considered a Titan by the Greeks. So they're just kind of like, I guess I guess Clash of the Titans just sounds like a good title. To, to hook people so that's kind of why they used it you know it kind of made sense like if you didn't know all that stuff like it, mm -hmm. it made sense uh bubo the mechanical owl of athena was introduced to capital capitalize on the popularity of r2d2 from star wars episode four a new hope uh the name bubo is a scientific term for the genus of eagle owls and horned owls which is interesting because the robot bubo was modeled uh, on a barn owl and bubo made a cameo appearance in the clash of the titans 2010 i i will say like uh, ray harryhausen says that he was not based on r2d2 from star wars that he was actually created slightly before star wars came out conceived of at least before star wars came out so they um, stole it well, I don't, no, I wouldn't say no. Star Wars couldn't have stolen it because this movie was not out before Star Wars. So, oh. but um, so I, I guess he based it. He says more on characters from this British TV show called like the Clangers or something like that. I guess is kind of what he modeled it after. But I, I will say this: like I think Harryhausen is bullshitting a little bit here. Like, there's clearly R two D two esque shit when with that the Bubo does. So I think it's pretty obvious that there was some influence, even if the character was created before R2-D2. But, but it's, it's still quite, it's still really that character. It's really that, it serves that function in this movie that R2-D2 kind of serves. It's like kind of comic relief and also like useful sidekick that can do a couple things, you know, where, you know, R2-D2 can open up doors and electrocute droids and stuff like that and bubo here you know flies around and gets in people's faces steal an and, eye. yeah steal an eye oh yeah those those fucking forgot to mention those those three uh stygian witches that, that's a great scene that that's an, that's another and that's another scene that in the background throws in a little bit of horror but comedy as well because they've got all these like dead bodies of the people they've eaten because they're cannibals and then they have that one dude who's not quite dead yet, who's in their pot of like, yeah, yeah, their cauldron. Yeah, their cauldron. There, the hand comes up and they push it back down. Let's see, anything else here? UK cinema release was cut by the BB, 
FC to secure an A rating and remove the close-up shot of Calabos's trident hand piercing a man's back, as well as shortening the prolonged shots of Calabos on his knees, withering in agony after a sword had been thrown into his stomach. Uh, oh yeah, but the but they left in the they left in the titty, and they left in um, Andronima's uh, bare ass coming out of the uh, the ba- the bath, and yeah. Why would you take away the titty? Like that's fine. Yeah, as long as there's no violence, uh, that's exactly that's, the way that's how it should be. Breasts are a lot safer than violence. Yeah, I I I totally agree. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, Clash of the Titans. So, um, Lady Lee, did you look through the cast? I did, I did, and now uh, unfortunately, I had to panic pick because the movie I picked turned out was a terrible pick. So. I had to backpedal pretty bad because okay. uh, my original one was the one that you mentioned, Ursula Andress. Andress, mm-hmm. Andress. Yeah. Oh, the cannibal one. Yeah, because all I Google like I when I was looking up stuff for her, like stuff to watch, mm-hmm. was the scene where they're like oiling her up and she's like yeah. naked, and there's like a bunch of naked stuff, and I was like, oh, this would <laughs> be fun. A few minutes later, so I had to panic pick, and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. I think a couple of like one of the first movie choice I made. I don't know if you can find it because it's older. Because I was like, "Fuck it, you know what? Like, let's go for an old school movie." Like, I have the opportunity. We got a really good mm. cast. Uh, so I have a couple of backups just in okay. case. Well, why why don't you just uh, give me the the titles here? All right, so I have four just in case because I think three of them might not be. I know. I think this one definitely can't find uh the temporary widow 1930 temporary widow. yeah that one has lawrence oliver oliver in it olivier lawrence olivier um the next one is dance pretty lady i should not have my soundboard up while i'm trying to type shit <laughs> the next one is dance pretty lady 1931 this one has Nora uh, Robson, one of the, the witches. Okay. Yeah. And then I have, so Frida Jackson, one of the witches. Mountains O'Morn, 1938. And the last the, one I have, I know I, I found it on YouTube. Okay. The Blind Goddess, 1948. Okay. And that one's Claire Bloom. All right. So it'll be one of those four movies. We'll we'll, we'll see what we can we can. Yeah, start. it was just it was just unfortunate because like I was like, oh, okay, this is gonna be a fun one to watch, and I was all excited to give you the pick, and then you're like, it is a terrible movie. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so just... I had to panic. I had to panic switch. So I was like, fuck it, let's just go for a really old one. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to see a lot of animals get killed on screen. No, I don't. Yeah. I do not. No. Um, I'm happy you warned me. Uh, yeah, there was another one from hers that I was maybe gonna go for it i forget what it's called something the nurse is something the nurse something hmm. but anyways it's another one naked scene one but uh i opted to not bother oh yeah and... oh yeah the oh yeah she's yeah she's a sensuous nurse or something is, is yeah. yeah 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 i thought that would be a funny one to do as well but i wanted to take this opportunity to go really old so because okay. we haven't done one in a while yeah, yeah. It was Jezebel, so. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that one disappointed me greatly. Mm-hmm. I liked it more than you did, but yeah, it was still, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, <laughs> Betty Davis did a lot after this that was way better. She was amazing. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Lady Lee, 
uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Mighty Tiny All Star on Instagram. And that is all. That's as exciting as I get. Man, that's great. You know, exciting. <laughs> totally, totally exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm so uh, excited. I have, I have such a great life. I, I was just thinking about this too, with like school going on and everything that's happening. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to hit like this career where I'm going to have to like not do this kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is that? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're improving your life. You're going to have a life. It's, you know, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Uh, go to They Must Be Destroyed on Site on Facebook. And that's the best way to get in touch with us. Just for the shits and giggles, why not give us a five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts if you so desire? I think there's other, you know, other podcast services too that we're like, you know, podcatchers and shit that we're caught up by. Like it takes steals our feeds and like, oh, here's they must be destroyed on site on iHeartRadio or Pod FM or some other fucking weird thing that I never signed up for. But you know, if you if you can review us on there, point us to it. You know, hey, I reviewed on on here, and then I'll go read it, and then I'll read it on the show. So there you I go. just like the comments. Mm-hmm. Just leave us more comments. Comments are fun. Yeah, yeah leave us more comments. And uh, well, until until next time. Uh, thank you, Lady Lee. Thank you. Yeah, Mr. Lee Russell. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Very welcome. Uh, it's it's good to be back doing this shit. Uh, I feel a little out of practice, honestly. I was kind of like stumbling over my words more than usual tonight, but uh, I feel that too. I feel like I had points I wanted to make, and I just don't even know where I was going. Yeah, I think we did all. I think we did all right. We're fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll be back when we're back. Goodbye. Bye.
You've been listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on site. For further episodes of this podcast, please go to tmbdos.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts and pretty much any podcatcher that you can find. Thank you. Drive through.